Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed, you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. What is your actual data TCO? Mesh Musing 17. Before jumping in, if you aren't familiar with TCO or Total Cost of Ownership, I recommend looking up a resource online. The quick and dirty definition is the entire cost of dealing with something. So like with buying a car, it's not just the purchase price, but it's the ongoing taxes, the fees, maintenance, gas, etc. You know, what is the total cost? <laughs> This episode topic was sparked by someone reminding me of a few things they learned from episode number 44, which was a wonderful chat with Khan Chow, who is at Northern Trust and is now helping lead the data mesh journey at Granger. Khan talked about how the actual data TCO was far, far higher, and the costs were also often hidden when they were implementing data services with data virtualization which was what they were doing before they went down the data mesh route and were doing mesh data products. So even early in their data mesh journey, it was far more expensive, far uh, higher TCO for that, that previous iteration. So what was happening? Data would be produced and made available so consumers at least had some access to data, but it wasn't yet in a usable format. So the consumers had to clean and transform the data themselves. They had to do a lot of cleaning up and enriching and, and all of that. So there was the actual person hour cost of the cleanup by you know the consuming team. And they didn't know the data best. And there was the opportunity cost of what else could they be working on. They might have been able to act on information so sooner or more reliably if that information was actually taken care of properly by data producers as if it were a product. Also, when you think about repetitive work, if there were, say, four consumers from the same data service, there was probably a considerable amount of the same work being done by each of the four consuming teams. So the point I'm making here is that your data production costs can be quite hidden if your data consumers are the ones taking on the burden. And this is the way it is in most organizations even those that are kind of early in their data mesh journey, this isn't something I think a lot of people get right 
right off the bat of pushing that work as far up to the producers as possible and giving them the incentivization to actually do that, whether that's additional funding to really um, actually be able to handle this or, you know, working to rework their KPIs to really focus on this. But you do need to push that back up. This can be a major anti-pattern in data mesh if your consumers are uh, doing a lot of that data work, especially if it is for quality reasons. And just in general, it should raise some red flags. Why isn't the producing team able to handle the transformations themselves? Or why why aren't they doing it in general? Maybe there's a legitimate reason, like combining data from multiple domains, and then possibly the consuming team should actually serve the data as their own mesh data product from what they've put together. But if that producing team isn't doing the the real work that the consumers need, why is the why does the data product exist as is? Shouldn't it be really serving customer needs? So again, for every regular consumer of a mesh data product, we should be asking if they are getting served appropriately, or should the scope or form of the mesh data product change? We can talk about how mesh data products are funded in a later episode. You might say, but why does it matter if the data producer or the single data consumer do the data transformations or data cleansing, if it's the same cost either way? It's a good question, but the answer is one of the big value leverage points in data mesh, which is data reuse. Remember the example with four consumers? There might be some work by team one that is valuable to team two, teams two and four, but teams two and four haven't considered that yet. So not only can we prevent redundant work, you know, where all the teams were doing the data cleansing work, but it might provide additional value and insights. One is Rosiers in his episode talked about that data consumers owe it to data producers to tell them how they're actually consuming their data. So then those data producers can make the decision if they want to add that information in such a format that the data consumers could consume it directly from that data product, because it could be reusable by other people. And then you're not having multiple consumers maybe even doing the same transformations. And so it's not just rework, but it's also everybody's working from the same information and that that data is more easily reused because more people know what it is and why it should be used. And so it just creates this virtuous cycle. So there are a few points to look at from this mesh musing. And so I'm going to try and sum them up. Number one, you should measure the total cost of ownership of your mesh data products. If you don't, there are probably going to be some sneaky costs that you overlook. If you want to look at kind of how to do this, there's a good post by Eric Weber on his um, Substack about how to look at your kind of data product ROI, return on investment. And so there's some stuff in there about the, the total cost of ownership as well. Number two, if your cost of ownership share for certain data products is falling on data product consumers, that's a risk. That's a red flag. Investigate. It may be totally legitimate, but you should investigate it anyway and and say, like, could we be doing this in a better way? Number three, data work by data consumers might be better done by data producers. Yes, the data producers might know the data 
better, but also more importantly, you can prevent that redundant work if the same work needs to be done to serve many data consumers. And then number four would be what I was talking about with reuse, which is that this information work um, shouldn't have to be, again, redone, you know, that rework, but also it makes it so that the data products are richer, right? If you're pushing that into the data product so other people consume from it, it's that you've got a better chance for that work to create additional value in other use cases. So that's kind of the four main points, but it really all starts with measuring your total cost of ownership on your mesh data products. So I think it's really important to start heading down that route. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things round implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music.